When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Homestand Sports, the podcast for the passionate fan. I'm your host, Albert Vartanian, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Pooney, who will tell you why the Canucks were absolutely Bush League for not retiring Roberto Luongo's number one. Bush League. Well, on today's show, the Leafs give up five to Columbus, score five in the third, and then lose in overtime. Who are these Maple Leafs, Justin Pooney? Why didn't Sheldon Keith pull Ilya Samson off? And why Ryan Reeves' injury could be a blessing in disguise for Bradtree Living. Ooh, we got a lot to get to, so let's get this party started. I'm Albert Vartanian, and he's Justin Pooney, and this is Homestand Sports. Justin, 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 what do we make of this team? I just mentioned <laughs> off the top, you know, they went down 5-zip to the Columbus Blue Jackets at home on a Thursday night at Scotiabank Arena. Thought the game was done and dusted. No, what did they do? The late third period comeback. Five goals in the third period to come back. Tie the game and then lose in overtime. I had flashbacks of them losing to the Islanders when, uh, obviously, John Tavares got his 1,000 point. You call it hollow points. That's a whole other conversation. I want to ask you, what is this team? Are they good? Are they bad? Or are they something else? But before I get your answer, let's see what Sheldon Keefe has to say. Obviously, love the way the guys stayed with it and come back. And We've been talking about how we've been a hard team to beat. You know, you're talking about the regulation wins and all that, but... The lack of regulation losses are a thing, too, and it's a credit to the team in that sense where they've stayed with it. But, you know, obviously a lot of what went on here tonight is not. Oh, that clip ended quickly. Yeah. A lot of what happened out there tonight was unacceptable. Unacceptable, Justin Pooney. What do you say? What is this team? This is a team that we are who we thought they were. They played down to their competition, sometimes worse than their competition, and then they flip the switch when they feel it's time, and then they come oh so close and they fall again, right? Look, the Toronto Maple Leafs played horrible the first two periods of this game. I was telling you off air, if I was Sheldon Keefe, I would have ripped, absolutely went on the media and ripped my team a new one. This is absolutely unacceptable for a team that has much higher standards. I get it. It's a random Thursday in December. Christmas time is near against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But to come up with that performance at home was poor, piss poor. Piss poor. poor. It's Back ass backwards, poor piss poor, says Justin Poole. Yes, add that, I, to the, add that to the list of my sayings. But. I, I was trying to think about what you just said. Like, if you're Keith, you rip the team. And it's not something that he does. Yeah. And he's done it in the past, though. But then he kind of walks back on it the next night you or the next day. So I, it's just not in his style to do so. But if there was a game to do it, I think it's probably this game. Because they're not going into the dress room completely deflated because mm-hmm. they did come back. They got a point. Matthews, I mean, the top guys did what the top guys mm-hmm. do. Right? So maybe it was a, a good time to do it because I guess coming back softens the blow, but it's just not on Sheldon Keefe to do these types of things. Albert, you, well, what, think about this. You cannot continue to play down to your competition like that and then hope every time that we're down, we can flip the switch and our town will, uh, our town will overtake the other team and we'll, we'll win the game. Right. Or we'll tie the game, right? We saw last night that third period, man, Columbus might be the worst team in hockey. Right, I get it. They're a young team with a whole lot of upside and a whole lot of young talent. Uh, Fantilli, Kent Johnson, I, very good players, right? 
But this team was bad in that third period, right? Um, and the Leafs took full advantage of it. But again, this team, we have a higher expectations, higher bar for. They have to be able to continue to play their game consistently. And again, the tell old tale of the tell old tale of time, excuse me. The tell old the, tale of time. <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs continue to play down to their competition. Um, like you said, my other takeaway was this. Um, what is up with the, the they getting like these lulls, right? And Keith talked about in the post post game that the first five minutes of the period, their game was there in spurts, and then it goes away, right? I don't know if that's they get down because if you look at the at what happened, you know, they scored six minutes into the games, Columbus, and then I think seven or minutes into the second period, right? So they get off to those good swings, and then something bad happens and then it shuts down right away, right? That's why I think the third period was so imperative because they got up to a quick start in the third period. They scored, what, two goals in the first four minutes, right? And then you kind of could see, you know, the wheels turning. And then at the end of the game, they just piled on with three more goals in the last five and a half minutes to to tie it up. But um, this team goes at ebbs and flows, right? And I think we still need to see that flat line of consistency, right? And I get it. It's the NHL. Things aren't always going to be flat line. But an extended period of time where things are just going well and they're playing consistently we haven't seen that yet albert and i feel we're going to continue to keep on talking about that until we actually see it i don't care what anyone says i don't think you can ever get this team to get up for a thursday night against columbus in december i think that's just what it was and it's unfortunate i'm not saying that's a good thing yeah it's a bad thing but that's just i think that's just that's just the case that's what this team has been for so long and to try and figure out what this team is i think they're just kind of the best and worst of both worlds right mm. they can be tough to beat um, and they can do enough with their talent to overcome how bad that they're playing, and they've done that a lot. But at the same time, they're a team that's inconsistent. They have defensive issues, and they have goaltending issues. It's all wrapped up into one. It's an inconsistently – or no, sorry. It's a consistent, inconsistent Consist- team. Consistently inconsistent. They're consistently inconsistent. That's the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they've been like that for a long mm-hmm. time. Can you move forward and actually win with a team like that? Probably not. You can't. And what do you say to a team that tends to just drop off in performances when, you know, these types of games don't really matter to them? It's fact. What do you say? What do you say if you're Sheldon Keefe? I you that's what I'm saying. You have to rip these guys or bag skate them tomorrow. Whatever. Like okay. the fact. But this that, has happened throughout his whole tenure. I know, but I think it's the mentality again, Albert. It all comes back to mentality, right? We saw what happened last night in the NFL in the Thursday night football game where the LA Chargers just laid dead for the Raiders, right? I'm not saying that's happening to the Maple Leafs, but again, the mentality of these teams and their head coach of not holding the players more accountable and not being afraid to just not rip into them, but send a message that, hey, we have a higher standard in this building. We are the Toronto Maple Leafs, a team that is, you know, according to many of the books in Vegas and according to many people across NHL circles, NHL fans all over the world are one of the Stanley Cup favorites. We have to play our best game every night. Because teams that come into Toronto, whether you like it or not, are getting up to play the Leafs, Mm. right? If the other team can get up to play you, why can't you? What have you done to prove to the NHL world that you can have this fat cat syndrome because you won a round for the first time in 19 years, (laughs) right? I don't care if it's a game in Columbus or it's a game against Vancouver, if it's a game against Boston, Montreal, I get it. But you have to play hard every single game. And you think about it with this team, right? They have a lot of pieces on the defense that are trying to audition right whether you want to say for other nhl roles potentially once this team gets healthy or you know to to secure a spot as a full-time player in the nhl especially on defense court so that means a lot right every game matters right for those type of players not so much for again the matthews the marners the nyland who have showed up but even again a guy like max domi who looked 
awful yesterday, Albert. These games matter because you have to prove to the team, your teammates, and the front office that you're worth keeping around, right? And I, it's just it's unacceptable from the Leafs to go down five nothing. They came back. I get it, right? That is the positive spin on. But I agree with Sheldon Keefe. A lot of what happened last night is absolutely unacceptable if you were a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Yeah, unfortunately, this team just does enough, right? That's basically what that this team is it's, they just do enough to get over the line they've been like that for a long time you know what it is albert you know those kids in school that you know could easily get a's if they really applied themselves <laughs> right the, the leafs are could be a straight a student or a championship caliber team if they had maybe not a championship caliber team, but they could be a lot better of a team right and maybe even ma- made deeper runs in the playoffs if they did the right things in the regular season right and then when the test comes in the playoffs they're already prepared for it but because the leafs coast so much in the regular season at points right and then they feel like they flipped the switch. You can't do that sometimes in sports, right? No, you can't. Especially you when, well in. you know, t- in the playoff playoff time, excuse me, when things tighten up, the Leafs can't afford to do that, right? They have all the skill and a lot of the requisite parts to be successful in the playoffs, but because they take certain games off and they play down to their competition, they're not primed and ready at all times in the playoffs. And yeah, listen, I'm not ready to put the nail in the coffin, but what's so frustrating is they go into MSG on a back-to-back after an emotional game mm-hmm. with the Islanders. And they put seven on one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And they do that with a team that's sick. They're missing a a top player on their first line. They're missing defensemen, all these things. And then they have a performance like this. And then you see them in the first two periods where they essentially pooped a bed. And then where was that effort that they had in the third period in the first two periods? That's what's so frustrating. That's what Leaf fans hate. It's like, look how good you guys can be. Look how good you guys can be. Even at your weakest point in the season where you're missing so many players, you're missing your number one goaltender, your backup goalie isn't playing great, you got a third stringer in there, and you put in good performances, and then you lay an egg like that. That's what's so frustrating for Leafs fans. But let's talk about Ilya Samsonov. um, Because I don't think that entire game was on Samsonov. And that's what I'm hearing a lot of, especially across social media. Mm -hmm. I would say maybe the last two, maybe three goals were on him, and he probably should have been pulled uh, after the fourth goal. Sheldon Keefe decided not to do that. He actually told us in the in the post game press conference why he didn't do that. How tempted were you to make a change in that? Yeah, very. We we you know in the moment in the second period when we talked, I thought I thought you know we could just get through the second and talk about it, which we did. Um, Curtis felt strongly that that he uh, Sammy should stay in and uh, and and fight and battle with the team, and obviously I'm glad that. That was his advice, and I'm glad that's the decision that we made because uh, I like the fact that Sammy was a, a part of that comeback, and I like the fact that he made some saves for us early in that third, too. Yeah, I'm surprised you listened to Curtis Sanford, who's the goaltending coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah. because I really felt like after the fourth goal, like he lost it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's some of those goals in that game they are unexcusable, like just amateur mistakes, mm-hmm. like the one that went off his back and the other goal. I think it was the fifth goal that went off his mask and then between his legs. You yeah. could tell his confidence was, was completely shot. So for him to be kept in the game, I think, had a lot more to do with wanting to play Martin Jones on Saturday night mm-hmm. and not having him going back-to-back games since the first game that he started this season since last season was just the night before against the New York Rangers. So, I, I mean, in a way I can understand it, but on the other flip side, I mean, this guy's confidence is completely shot. You saw the faces mm-hmm. of some of the players after some of those goals was let, were let in by Ilya Samsonov. They're kind of frustrated with him too. I, I don't really understand keeping him in at that point. Well, 
I agree with what you said, right? But I'm going to take what Sheldon Keefe said on face value, that he listened to Curtis Sanford and that he wanted to let him keep battling. We know a goalie coach is going to always have his guys back and be in his corner, right? Um, hey, say what you will about the first two periods. And yes, I will agree. There were some really bad goals, some really leaky goals that he's let in this season. And it's a tell, again, continuation of what we've seen this season. Yeah. You're right. I thought his confidence was shot. But, you know, we came in, in in the third period. And again, he didn't get all. It wasn't like Columbus was pressing a whole lot, but he didn't let any other goals in. No, no, he made right? great saves. He did the, make a couple good in saves. The third period, he, yeah. Right? In overtime, the Ken Johnson goal, look, uh, that was a really good shot. You're not stopping that. Right. You're not stopping that. But he did make some good saves in overtime as well. So when I look at a guy like Elias Samsov, had he been, if I was the Leafs head coach, I probably would have pulled him maybe after the, the third goal, the fourth goal, right? Um, I think, though, when you have a guy like that who's caught where confidence, you know, Again, speaking of ebbs and flows, it comes and goes very quickly. Um, I think just something as simple as having a third period where you shut the door and the team at least got a point, right? Something they could salvage, a silver lining per se, right. is something Samsonov can, you know, take as a positive. I do think, though, we're starting to realize that maybe they're going to give Martin Jones a little bit of a more of a run here. Uh, when you look at their they schedule, of course, we're going to talk about, you know, Kyle Dubas and Pittsburgh coming in to town, but. And then after that, they have, I believe, after the Pittsburgh, they have the Rangers again. Check the schedule. I'm looking right now at the schedule. Let's see. So, yeah, they got Pittsburgh on Saturday. Then they got the Rangers again on uh, Tuesday. Then Buffalo, Columbus, uh, all right before Christmas, ba- uh, Christmas break, right? So the next week or so, another four games. So another pretty busy week. How many of those games does Martin Jones play? I think potentially we'll he see. plays three of those. We'll see how four, he plays right? plays on Saturday night against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But there's some there's issues obviously with Samsonov. I've been talking about it for a while. Mm-hmm. Ten goals against in his last two starts. Fourteen goals in his last four starts. Um, he got a shutout yes against the Islanders in the first game of that back to back earlier yeah. in the week. But that was because the team protected him. I felt like the team stepped up that night. That was the first game after I believe Joseph Wall went down. And he got to start. And, that was uh, a Nashville game. And it was 18 saves. The Sorry? Nashville game, not the Islanders. Game. My bad. Sorry, yes, the Nashville game. I'm confusing everything. But uh, they really protected him in that game. 18 saves, didn't have much to do. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a great way to get him in the game, get him confident once again, because obviously Keith and, and the rest of the organization want him to go on a run right now with him being out. You don't want to rely on Martin Jones, the guy you signed to be a third stringer. Not that Martin Jones isn't a good goaltender, right. but you want the guy that you're paying, what, $3, 4000000 million? to step up and try and be a number one guy while the other number one guy is out at the moment. Mm-hmm. In this past game, right, they just they didn't have the same type of defense, a team defense in front of him. Mm-hmm. They didn't shut down the Columbus Blue Jackets at all. That's why they put up five goals. And when they needed Samsonov to make saves and when they needed to rely on him to keep them in the game, he wasn't able to do that. And that's a problem moving forward. And that's why I think now, and you just said it, but Martin Jones has a chance to take over this role until Joseph Wall comes back. Yeah, and I think when you you looked at that game against Nashville, and we kind of both agree that that was their most complete performance we've seen in a very long time at all this season because the team defense around him uh, it didn't allow very many odd man rushes. They played very sound, a very sound and structured game. And Sheldon Keefe said in the po- uh, post game press conference last night that they didn't get a lot back into the d- defensive zone structure. The gap control was off, and that allows these uh, odd man rushes, these open shots. But then again, when you have that opportunity, right, you know that your defense core is not only shorthanded, but a couple times shorthanded, right, with the players they have right now. So you know that there's bound to be going to be mistakes. So that's why it's so imperative to have a goalie back there where. The players have confidence and the coaches have confidence that, hey, if there's an odd man rush nine times out of ten or even eight times out of ten, right, this guy is going to stop the puck, 
right? You when you, and you mentioned the body language of the players when the, after those Samsonov goals went in. That's a big thing. After the bad ones. After the bad ones, right? Yeah, yeah. So when you see the, that body language and you see that kind of that, that negative energy around it, I'm sure Samsonov sees that from the bench too, and he and or sorry from the ice and the crease, and he sees that my guys don't believe in me, right? Yeah. Why, why would I believe in myself? Well, after the third goal, yeah, and the fourth goal and the fifth goal, he was. You can see him looking at the exactly. bench. Exactly. So I don't know if he was wanting to be pulled or if he didn't want to be pulled, trying to figure out if he needed to go to the bench or not. But I mean, I was reading a report after the game that he was sitting in his stall, completely dejected. Mm. Curtis Sanford went over him, said something to him in his ear. Bradtree Living even went over to him, gave him a little pat on the back. So they know his confidence is completely shot. This is a massive problem for yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs. It big really problem. is a big problem because, listen, we don't know when Joseph Law is coming back, probably in the new year. Mm-hmm. What are you going to get from Martin Jones? We're going to have to wait and see. Okay, let's take a quick break. But after the break, uh, we have to talk about Ryan Reeves. He went down last night. Uh, we don't know how long he's going to be out for, but he's going to be out. And I want to get your initial reaction when you first heard Ryan Reeves was out of the game. So in last night's game, Ryan Reeves had to be helped off the ice. I believe it was in the first period. Looked like he caught a rut along the boards. Um, lower body injury could be an ankle, could be a knee. We're not sure yet. We haven't heard uh, much information. We're recording this actually uh, a Friday at noon. So no news has come out on Ryan Reeves, but he had to be helped off the ice. It didn't look good. But Justin Pooney, honest reaction when you saw Ryan Reeves carried off the ice. And then there's a video out there <laughs> of him falling downstairs as he's getting off the ice. Yeah. Um. Well, also, Sheldon Keith did say that he'll be out a while. Yeah. Right. So whatever that means. But initially, I thought, oh, this does not look good, right? Because he hit a rut, and then his his leg kind of his foot got kind of caught up in the board. So immediately, I thought, okay, is this a and again another high ankle sprain? Again, I'm no doctor. I'm no nothing like that. Let's just right? assume, like Keith said, he's out for a while. Yeah. So I, again, I assume it's gonna be something like that where it's gonna be a long term injury. Um. And then he falls down the stairs. And whose brilliant idea is that at Scotiabank Arena to have guys <laughs> on skates walk up and down stairs to get to the dressing room? Does that make any sense to you? Right? Uh, I think having a flat surface, we talked about how, uh, again, in the NFL, where Trevor Lawrence had a high ankle sprain, no cart came and picked them up and took him to the locker room to limp his way back to the locker room. Well, why the hell are there stairs on the way to the dressing room? That makes no yeah, especially sense for to hockey me. players, especially for a hockey player, especially yeah, you're what he's already got one bum leg and he's walking on skates, right? Like that's not the smartest thing to do here, people. But, um, I expect an LTIR uh, placement for Ryan Reeves. And I expect that we might not see him for a very, very long time. Yeah. Listen, I want to go, I'm going completely honest reaction. And I feel like no one, We'll have the cojones to actually say this, but Leafs fans will be looking at that and thinking, yes, nobody Whoa. wants anyone to be injured. I don't want anyone to get hurt, but everyone's looking at that contract and looking at that signing as a complete failure and a bad move by Brad Tree Living. And I think Tree Living probably feels that way. Ryan Reeves, 21 games played, one point, dash 11, Justin Pooney, seven minutes of ice time per game. Um, if you go to the NHL points list and not expect him to be on the first or second or third page, he's on the last page. And that's for a reason. That's because there's no production coming from him. He's not really doing much. He's scratched. He's not effective. There are times where he's just benched for periods at times mm-hmm. in the games to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I think they look at this contract. They're up against the cap. And maybe this injury now keeps him out for a while and they throw him on LTIR. You got Lilligren, excuse me, coming off the LTIR. Now he gets replaced by Ryan Reeves, most likely. Yeah, man, I don't know. Like, again, 
We'll see what happens. Again, this is one of Bradtree Living's, you know, marquee signings, you would say, in the offseason. Does he want one of his marquee signings, another one of his big signings, to be parked on Robidaw Island forever? But he and won't care about that. I, I think you kind of do. Come on now. You, Why? These general managers have an eagle, right? Imagine that. You are, you're not even a year into the job, and two of your bigger free agent signings are stuck on LTIR forever, right? Well, until Klingberg's contract is done. And we'll okay, see. well, both were a mistake. Both were paid way too much. You have serious injuries now that you need to address on the blue line. Potentially even in net, you still need some secondary scoring. Yeah, I, I There's a lot to address I on this team. And if you're opening up some more cap, it's a blessing in disguise. And like I said with the Klingberg situation, Tree Living dodged a bullet there. He might be dodging another one here with Ryan I Lee. understand that, right? But again, he's the one who shot those bullets. Right, so he's basically <laughs> that's fine. Right, so what I'm saying, I'm saying is, do I expect Ryan Reeves to be an LTR? Yes, right. But again, this does not look for good for Bradtree Living. Right, optically, it does not. Another guy that he's signed, right, goes on LTIR, and he has to use that to get cap relief for a guy and do what with it, right? So again, I'm not do I, what with it. What do you mean do what with it? What's he gonna do with the cap space that he gets from Ryan Reeves? Go else? find a defenseman. That's what, that's what, been, what he's trying to do. We've been talking with that for a month But that's now. what he's trying to do. Okay. The more cap you have, the less you need other teams to retain salary. We knew that was an issue with Calgary and Craig Conroy when they wanted to door yes, up in Tampa. Yes, yes, yes. So the more cap you start to open up, maybe you get more possibilities. Listen, it's a cap world. You need more money. No one wants Ryan Reeves to be hurt. Maybe he's not going to be out for a long time. But if he is, I would think that Bradtree Living would be somewhat happy about it. And he wouldn't come out and say that. Mm-hmm. But he knows he needs the cap. I mean, when you think about it, right? Like, Lilligren's making, what, 1.4? And what Reeves is making... Yeah, same. One point, no, he's not making 1.4. Per year? Per year? Yes. Reeves is making 1.35. There you go. Jesus, that contract looks horrible. I thought it was like... Yeah, over three years. That's what that's I'm telling right. you, bro. This is... The, if so, it, again, This money, is not a one-year deal. Oh, man. Um, now you're opening up a little bit more salary. What can you get? I, I'm I not mean, sure what's when, out when there. Lilligren comes off, if, if Reeves goes on, it's basically a wash. Right, so you still have this, around the same amount of money to play with, um, but again, I just feel for Ryan Reeves. Uh, he's a good, he's a good guy, one of the good guys in hockey, and this hasn't gone off to the way he started. So, you know. yeah, listen, Pooty man, nobody wants up. anyone to be hurt. I you don't want said. him to be hurt. I don't, but I don't want any. But like, I'm just saying how how this yeah. looks and how probably management is looking at this. Let's be real. Look who's out there. Your boy Zach Parise. Yeah, well, he wants you, a job. You want the least to call Zach Parise? <laughs> I'm just saying. That would be. <laughs> I'm just saying. You want a guy under a million to play on the fourth line? He's out there. Who knows what the Leafs are going to do with that? But there's still a lot of questions. Uh-huh. Hopefully Ryan Reeves is okay. Maybe it's not a serious injury. Maybe he's back for this Saturday night against the Pittsburgh so. Penguins when Kyle Dubas is in town. Mm-hmm. And there's a report, and I can't find it. I don't know if I was dreaming. I went to bed super late last night um, because of a lot of things. But regardless. I read a report somewhere that Kyle Dubas will not be talking to the Toronto media mm-hmm. on Saturday night, Friday or Saturday night. And I'm not sure how to feel about that. Is that is this a nothing thing? Is this a nothing story? No, it's something. I mean, he's coming back to Toronto for the first time, and um, you know, he built pretty much built this team that he's going to be going up against. Right? He um, was one of the you know helped lead this team to their first playoff series victory in ni- again 19 years, uh, and then I've acrimoniously left or whatever. Uh, he wanted more power, kind of overplayed his hand, and was eventually let go of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think that's what everybody wants to know, his side of the story. We remember Brennan Shannon gave his side of the story once the news kind of happened in the summertime, but we never really got to hear from Kyle Dubas and what really transpired uh, in Toronto. Remember, he, he went on and said, oh, I will ne- only want to be a GM here. I'll only want to work here. And then a couple weeks later, he's in Pittsburgh, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think 
this is just him or the I don't know whether it's Pittsburgh Penguins ownership or Kyle Dubas deciding. You know, I don't want to speak to the, the that media. Because He's the president and GM. He can say whatever he wants. Exactly right. But then I think is this him just like I don't want to say anything or take away from you know my team or give you know you know those games in the media or whatever. So I think it was kind of expected. I didn't think Dubas would talk. I think if he is gonna talk, it's gonna be on his terms where he control the narrative and where he can say what he wants to say properly without having to take any questions. Um, so I do think it's a bit of a story there. Is it a massive story? No. Uh, but I believe that what it comes down to, again, with this new media age that we live in, guys want to control and teams want to control the narrative of what's being put out there. So to have your president and GM who's, you know, controlling everything in the hockey ops department, not speak to the media in a city that he used to work at, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about him and this team not controlling, being able to control the narrative they want to put out there and make sure that Dubis looks as good as he looks best in the light that he's shown that Sean on him. Yeah, his team not looking too great. Yeah, I mean, I bottom of the Metropolitan with the Columbus Blue Jackets, just a couple points up on the Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. They've won their last two, but there's still so much to do there for him. Crosby's having a great year, uh, but that's about it. I mean, Malkin's playing decent. Carlson, I mean, you have these star players, but it's not all coming together mm-hmm. for Pittsburgh. But look, watch watch them go on a run now. They're going to come in I on Saturday night and slap the Toronto Maple Leafs I don't know around. about that, man. I think about I compare them to like the Golden State Warriors in the NBA right now, a team that, you know, was one of the defining who's, who's Draymond? I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't make those. <laughs> there is no Draymond. There is no Draymond. But like for example, when I look at the Penguins, right? They have what 13, 12, and three, right? They're twenty nine points, second last in the Metro Division. But then you mentioned Sidney Crosby's having a great season. But you're starting to see everything else kind of, you know, this is the end of it. There's only a, maybe I thought the Carlson trade they could squeeze in another like playoff appearance, right? But this team is not built to make a deep run in the playoffs. The likes of Florida, Boston the Rangers, um, Toronto. Uh, again, they have one of the worst power plays in the NHL this year. Right? Which is hard to believe. Which is hard to believe. Considering the, the talent that the they talent have. The talent they have, right? But again, it's just what they have. It's time for a reboot, a retool in Pittsburgh. Uh, they're not going to do that, though, until Crosby, Malkin, and Latang all retire, which they should. I mean, you owe, you owe it to these guys to give them as much opportunity to win. But the writing is on the wall that the Pittsburgh Penguins now uh, – almost two decades worth of strong, you know, elite performances in the NHL. Um, it's time for a change and a new turn of a leaf there in Pittsburgh. But um, I also say, just want to say, appreciate what Sidney Crosby is doing right now. What Sidney Crosby is doing right now, he's at what, 17 goals, 14 points, 30, sorry, 14 assists, 31 points. Jeez. He's playing really good this year, Albert, playing at an elite level. He's projected this season to score 50 goals, right? So Sidney Crosby at what, age, almost what, 30. 34. 30, 34. See, 34. He's uh, born in 80s. 36. He's 36. So 36-year-old Sidney Crosby, defying age on pace, scored 50 goals this year, right? So that, to me, is the main story. Um, but, yeah, Dubis not talking. It is what it is. They, again, they just, he just doesn't want to look bad or get put in an awkward situation. So. Nah, but I would love to see it. A sit-down with somebody. Let's just hear it, Maybe right? How many, how many of these Leafs beat reporters, you know, back this guy forever? Forever. And now they're getting nothing when he comes Kyle, back to town. Kyle, we have an empty chair in our studio right Kyle, now. Kyle, you want to come sit with you us? You want to come sit with us? We'll ask you all the hard-hitting <laughs> questions. One more thing on Sidney Crosby. If you want to make one bet this Saturday, bet Crosby to either score or get a point. He's got 29 goals, 38 assists, and 51 games against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's oh. good for 67 points. The Sid the Kid loves to come to Toronto and torch the Maple Leafs. Okay, let's take a break, and we'll run some good cock, bad cock. Jordan Kyrou. Jordan Kairou looked like Caillou last night. He was crying post-game. We'll run the clip.
easier to go through life and never say nothing. We're beige and no one even knows you're alive. It's time for good cock. Babcock. And you get paid to do this stuff. Like, that is disgraceful, man. How about her? All right, Good Cock Babcock is back. It's the second installment all time of Good Cock Babcock, Justin Pooney. Let's start with your Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. Uh, so last night, they decided to honor Roberto Luongo, mm-hmm. who was once the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. They put his name on the ring of honor. But some people had a, a problem with the ceremony yesterday, uh, one being a Rachel Dory on Twitter, who uh, is a great follow, by the way, for anything NHL. She said this, Not only did the Canucks not retire Luongo's number, they didn't get him anything but a jersey, nothing. The guy got you to within one win of a cup and was the best goaltender in franchise history. This is such spiteful silliness. Alas, he was funny and classy as always. So this is not just about Rachel Dory. I heard this a lot on social media yesterday. Yep. And because you keep such you know close tabs on on this team and especially Roberto Luongo and his career, uh, what are your thoughts on what went down last night? Um, good clock to the whole night. Right, okay. I thought felt the the ceremony and the gift. Look, it was simple, it was effective. You know, he gave Luongo a chance to speak and address the fans of Vancouver. Uh, it was a nice moment with his family there. He got to drop the ceremonial puck with Thatcher Demko and uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, I thought that was a nice touch. The Sedins gave him the jersey with the C on it, which was a fitting touch because we all know what happened when he was named uh, captain of the, of the team back in the day. Everybody ridiculed it. Um, as for the Canucks organization, bad cock. Oh, this Bab, 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 sorry, Babcock, <laughs> the Canucks organization, Babcock, because to not retire the one of the three best players in franchise history, you could even say he's the best player in franchise history or the most important player in franchise history um, to not retire that number uh, was a crime. It's a shame. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer. It was set up perfectly. He was announced as a first ballot Hall of Famer. All you had to do was just retire the number one. You look at the Canucks history, and again, it's not glorious. It's not astound like the Montreal Canadiens or the Detroit Red Wings or the, you know, any of these teams, right? The Edmonton Oilers, right? Uh, it's Stan Smeal, who was a good NHL player, but was more known to be just a hardworking guy who exemplified uh, hard work. Then you had Marcus Naslin, who was one of the best players in the NHL uh, for a very long time. And he won the Lester Pearson Award, uh, which is now the Ted Lindsay Award as the MVP vote on by your peers. So, again, very high peak. Trevor Linden, Mr. Canuck, he's kind of like our version of Shane Doan or a Wendell Clark, per se. A, a, a emotional, spiritual leader of a team, a hard-nosed guy. And then, you of course, have Henrik and Daniel City and Pavel Burry. Three uh, prolific offensive players, changed the game, uh, speed, skill, all of that. I just felt that it was so obvious to retire his number. Now, here's the thing, Al, but there's a lot of bad blood. Or not bad blood, but with the contract that was given to the long, remember it was one of those front, lo- those back-loaded ones where all the money fell off at the end. And then the Canucks hit with a cap recapture penalty, which affected them for a lot of years, right? And then, of course, the whole trade demand and all of that stuff. Uh, it left a bad taste probably in Francesco Aquilini's um, mind, right, where he didn't want to honor it. But it, it's completely bush league the fact that he is so far and away the greatest goaltender in Vancouver Canucks history. He's one of the three best players in franchise history. He won a gold medal for Team Canada in that same building, right? To not retire his number one, it's an absolute crying shame. It's a joke, and I wish that Roberto Luongo was honored the right way and retired his number. But as for the ceremony last night, it was great to see um, all that because it was very emotional for me. Yeah, and I was with you. You got a little teary-eyed. 
I didn't get teary-eyed. You might be getting teary-eyed right now. No, man, but you know what it is. It's probably like you with Doug and Wendell. And, Doug and Wendell. Uh, I don't know anybody else in those teams. Uh, Dave Anderson? Felix Spotman, maybe. I, yeah, look, it's like, save the <laughs> no, least honor, it, Felix Spotman. You might have got a little bit of emotion. I agree, too. I think they should have retired yeah. his jersey, the number one. But, I mean, I, I'm going to go good cock to the whole thing. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because they didn't retire his jersey. They honored the guy. What else do you want him to do, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, but is it's, retiring it, his jersey really going to take that over the top? Right, it is, is that going to be like, yeah. all right, they did him right, they retired his jersey? No, I, I mean, think they honored so. the guy. It's rightfully honoring the the. But they did done. honor him. They did, but it, 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 it could have gone one more notch up, right? Okay. It, it deserved yeah. to be retired. All right, Babcock to uh, to you on that one. Okay, Jordan Cairo, oh, yeah. who I teed up uh, prior to the segment <laughs> with a stupid joke, Caillou. I don't even know what the hell that means. <laughs> Cairo, Caillou, I like Caillou. <laughs> Uh, so earlier this week, the St. Louis Blues fired their head coach, Craig Rube, and Kyrie was asked about it earlier, about his relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore. Um, and then praised the interim coach, Drew Bannister, calling it a fresh start, and it's a chance to get our cu- culture back a little bit. Uh, last night, the St. Louis, Blue- St. Louis Blues were at home taking on the Ottawa Senators, and Jordan Kyrie was booed. He was booed when his name was announced. He was booed a few times when he had the puck. And he kind of took this one to heart. And here's Jordan Cairo after the game. You were able to focus then tonight, and you feel like you had it. Um, it's definitely the toughest game I've probably played, to be honest. But Any of your teammates or anybody from the organization talk to you about it? Um, I mean, obviously my teammates have my back, right? So You're getting pretty emotional here. Where are the emotions coming from? just tough right like you know I love playing here so it's just it's tough to hear the fans booing me there sorry <laughs> why are you laughing come on the dude's crying man he's <laughs> crying real tears I'm sorry because I'm crying you're real, laughing at I'm Jordan crying Kyra. real tears you right were now. crying last night with Luongo I wasn't crying last night with and Luongo. now you're laughing at the guy for crying I'm not la- <laughs> good cock bad cock Jordan Kyrou crying after the game this for is Babcock all the way around this is Babcock right this like is Babcock. look I think Jordan Cairo is a very, very good NHL player. He could play on my team any day well, of the week. Well, he hasn't been this year. Right? Not this year, but you got to feel for... I understand where the St. Louis fans are coming from. Craig Berube was the coach that took this team that was in last place to win the Stanley Cup, right? And they've been one of... And Craig Berube is such an emotional leader type of guy. He comes from, you know, those old school Philadelphia Flyer teams back in the day. That's where Rick Talker came from too. Just a little shot to the Canucks right there. But look... He was such such beloved, so beloved in that city of St. Louis. And then when he got fired, and a lot of it was because guys like Robert Thomas, uh, Tory Krug, and Jordan Kyrie weren't playing up to the level that we are accustomed to seeing them playing at. Uh, that's why he got fired. Um, and again, the, Craig Berube is a guy who has called out his players before in the media. And notably, guys like Kyrie talk about how much money they make and all of that. So there probably is some bad feelings there. There probably is all that stuff there. And it, I bet you it is tough to get booed by your home fans. Now, I looked at the videos and stuff like that. There wasn't a whole lot of fans in St. Louis in the building last night anyway, but you still heard the boos. So I get it. It's just, if you're going to say something like that in the media, you got to stand on business, stand on business on that and, you know, back it up, right? Stand on business. Stand on business on it. If you're going to say something like that, stand on business. I said what I said, right. and you can't you can't kind of back up like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I'll look. I look at it from the fans' perspective. They look at Jordan Cairo. 
He just signed a $65 million deal. He's completely underperforming, and he just threw shade at the only coach to win a Stanley Cup for the St. Louis mm-hmm. Blues. How do you think the fans are going to feel after that? The team's been completely underperforming. He's been underperforming. And now you're taking shots at the guy that the you know, the fans have loved for so long. So I understand the booze. I, I have, mean, yeah. I'm not going to say, oh, you're a player. Suck it up. You can't get emotional about these things. You absolutely can. And Jordan Cairo has never been a guy who's been comfortable in front of the media anyway. Mm-hmm. So if he's an emotional guy, you're asking these types of questions. It's opening up those rooms. You're going to feel a certain way. And whatever, he cried. But I'm going to go Babcock. Listen, you, in a way, I feel like you, you had to expect it. You say those yeah. things, it's an emotional time around St. Louis, you're going to get some heat. With that said, I know he's underperforming. <laughs> I would take that guy 10 Absolutely. times out of 10 on any team. Absolutely. He's one of the better players in the and NHL. And because he's such a good player, Albert, I guarantee you the St. Louis fans are going to get back in For his sure. corner and back him up. That's how fans the, are. Listen, the next fans. time he scores a goal or whatever, yeah. this is not going to last, right? Jordan Kyrie was too good of a player to have um, – he's one of a foundational piece – on a, on a team. He's not going anywhere. He's not going. He's, got, he's signed to 2030. He's yeah. not going nowhere. Eight mil what? Eight mil cap, 8.125. Right? That's a lot of money. Yeah, man. Um, we've been talking a lot about fans this week because we're talking about the Islanders fans booing John Tavares, which is more justifiable, I think, in a way, because he was a former player, blah, 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 yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. But, you know, just one the more fans. thing on the fan. Yeah, it's fine to be. You're a diehard fan. You love this team. Your, your mood is based on what this team does. Fans are irrational. That's yeah. why we got into this thing. Diehard fans of the game, diehard fans of our teams and players. So you're gonna you're gonna overreact to certain situations, but Kairu starts playing well, the Blues start playing well, no one will be even talking about this. Nobody anymore. Loved this will be what are they? If called? anything, it'll be one bridge. of those moments where you remember Jordan Kairu got booed that one time, and then he turned he turned up his game. Maybe back he up. rips it up. Maybe. And Maybe I, this we're is what he, needed. That he does. We're hoping he yeah. does. Right. Maybe he's been emotional this whole time under Brube, and now he's ready to just fly. That's you really know? the only coach he's ever known in the NHL. Yeah. Right. So it's it, maybe he had his wings clipped. And now they're growing back, and he's going to fly in St. Louis, Justin Penny. All right, let's wrap it up with one more good cock, okay. cock. So the All-Star game, which hopefully will be there. That'll yes, be a good time. Hopefully. You know, the Homestand Sports Podcast on location, me and Justin Pooney. Okay, so they changed the skills competition, and they had Connor McDavid help him with it. So the league said that 12 All-Stars will compete for points in eight different events. The player who accumulates the most points will earn a prize of $1 million U.S. dollars. Events include fastest skater, Hardest shot, stick handling, one-timers, passing challenge, accuracy shooting, shootout, and obstacle course. So great, right? Great. The yeah. players can win a million dollars. But Justin Pooney, what about the goalies? Do the goalies not have a chance to make a million dollars? I'm not seeing any money going towards them, right? We just heard about this. Maybe there's more information to come. But I'm going to go Babcock to the NHL and not giving the goalies some do re me. If they're going to be a part of this, they're going to be getting lit up all night by these players. They need some scratch, no? Are they? Are they? They're not in the fastest skater competition. They're okay, not in the hardest shot not. competition. They're on the accuracy competition. So why would they get a million bucks if they're so not in? So why go? Okay, the guys that are going to light me up tonight have a chance to win a million dollars, and I just got to sit here in the net and take okay, it. Okay, Albert, that's not fair to the goalies. They're not in fastest skater. They're not in the oh, hardest I get it. shot. I get Stick it. handling. Are they in the one timers? I don't know if they're in the one timers or not. They're saying just skaters. This is skaters. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is because they're not getting a million. Oh, bucks. you're saying involved in it. Yeah, the oh, goalies. Okay. If they're not involved in half of the. Or well, then I think you got to do then, something. What's no? the point then? You got to do something for the goalies. What are you going to do? You like, just going to use like why even use NHL goalies then? But because the goalies want to play in the actual game, right? So, it's like this. But like, this is skills. This is not yeah, the this game. Is exactly it. So if I'm a goalie, I want to play in the game. I don't want to play in a skills competition. 
right? I don't want to be. But they're involved in the skills competition. They're involved. I get it, but they're not involved in every single event, right? So if you're not involved in every single event, why are you gonna get a, the, the prize money? That makes no sense. Yeah, I'm just saying it sucks for the goalies. It's, that's life. Listen, if you're a goalie, life sucks. And you're like, hey, we want we want you to be a part of the All Star Skills Competition, but you don't have a chance to win a million dollars. You you're going like, to the game as an All Star anyway. Just, exactly. Why do they have to take 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 part in the skills competition? Just say I'm going to play in the game. I'm not getting lit up. You want to get lit up? Call Ilya Samsonov. I'm sorry, <laughs> too soon, too soon. But you know what I mean? I just feel like throw throw the goalies a bone, and maybe they will. Maybe they have. Be, I'm sure in their there contracts should be like they the, have bonuses that yeah, if you're an all star, they gotta do get something. They have it in their contracts already. If you're an all star, you probably get something. I know, but they're giving the skaters a chance to win a million. So what? Right. That's what people are coming to see though at the skills competition. If me if and you're you Thatcher go- Demko and you're there and you're like, okay, well here comes. Mick I'm David. happy to be here. I'm an all star. Here comes Crosby. Here comes Kucherov. Here comes Matthews. I'm gonna look <sighs> like a clown in this net right now. And not be able to make a million dollars. That's Albert, all I'm saying. I don't you, even know why I'm getting so hot about me this. Me and thing. you go to the skills competition, hopefully on a Saturday night, All Star Saturday night. Are we, are we, we and you get in there? Are we going to watch the goalies? Or are we watching to see the best players on the earth do what they can do? That's a good point. There you go. That's a good point. Thank you. But if you are a number one goalie in the league and you're asked to do the skills competition, knowing that you can't win some money, and I feel like I keep repeating myself, why don't you just say, "No, I'm good. I'm fine." Because you can't play in the game. No, just because you're in the skills competition doesn't mean you can't play in the game. I'm pretty sure you have to be in the skills competition. Exactly. You have to be in the skills competition to play in the game, too. I don't think you can skip on the skills competition. They screwed the goalies, dude. They screwed the goalies. It's so what? A goalie has it in their contract. If you're an all-star, you get a certain bonus. They're fine, man. They're fine. You're overthinking way too much. No, I'm trying to give some love to the goaltenders. Look, we got Luongo last night. You know, they get his jersey retired. They're screwing goalies in the NHL. (laughs) Come on. All right. That's the end of the show. You got anything else for me, Poonie? Uh, Say something nice to the people um, on our last show before the weekend. Have a good weekend. That's all you got? Yeah. What the hell is that? That's it from us at Homestand Sports. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, we'll be dropping episodes throughout the week. So keep your eyes peeled for that. You can find Homestand Sports anywhere you download your podcasts, including Apple, Amazon, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. I'm Albert Vartanian. He's Justin Pooney, and this has been Homestand Sports.